praise be Jesus Christ. Father, Jesus of Christos. Memorial Day is for those who have fallen in defense of the nation. And there have been many local wars and great civil wars, two world wars. We don't know exactly where we're going right now either. According to the sacred scriptures, war is a punishment for sin. So you can imagine how sin rages in the world when so many innocent people die. The text I've chosen is from today's gospel. It's the closing verses, a paraphrase. The Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father, and those who love the Father and the Son have eternal life. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. As you know, the patron saint of uh, the monastery, Benedict Cathedral, uh, is St. Joseph. But the feast that the cathedral is dedicated to is Holy Transfiguration. Because we come to a place like this to be transformed in Christ. To a holy place on a mountain. Very scripture. best words in the gospel today are the most cheerful ones, are that if we love the Father and the Son, say love each other, we already have eternal life. St. Joseph, my patron saint, and my father's patron saint, and my grandfather's patron saint, and we all have different second, second names, however, but everybody is Joseph. And Joseph is a gift from God. We think about the death of St. Joseph. He was not unlike many of the men here in the cathedral this morning. And he had been married before. He lost his wife. He had five children. Read Matthew's gospel carefully. It mentions his children. In some of the apostolic community, also were from that family. We read the fathers of the church knowing all this stuff. Joseph was senior to Our Lady, and he was of the tribe of Judah. He 
sins of David, but those credentials are more strongly held by the Holy Spirit prophets. But you know, these days, it is most important to take care of the, the religious inheritance of the family. You should not marry outside the bounds of the family. So in Our Lady, who came into a womanly way, the fathers say that uh, they should have put her out of the temple. But she was special. She came to the temple at two years of age. Her parents had, were not there. Uh, and so she was left in the temple to be reared. Most unusual, but most prophetic. And so when it was time for her to leave the temple, the priest had a dilemma. Should they send her to some distant relative? Who they entrusted to? So they brought 12 men to the temple. And each of the men carried a pellet that had the icons which they usually were standard instruments usually were rolled. And so they placed them on the altar and they put Our Lady behind the holy table, most unusual. And uh, the men, the priest prayed over these 12 branches and the men were given back to them in one bloom. That was Joseph's branch of men. And at that point, his Mary was given into his care. It wasn't a long life together. Joseph predeceased Our Lady and Our Lord, and he had a very holy death. death of Joseph. This is all Joseph did. And uh, when he fell asleep in the Lord, here was a sign. So our Lord got in tune with Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit prophets who regarded as not a wife, but in spouse. We don't know that. We have no record where his children were at that time. It's a mystery, isn't it? A beautiful mystery. As is death itself, you do not want to die. It's not in your nature. God made you for life. But our ancient parents decided not to do the will of God, like the ancient
reason to see this, same thing. He said to God, I will not see. Adam and Eve, they could eat anything in the garden, and the whole world is the garden, but they could not eat of the tree of life, which would make them eternal. So, God willed to the angel, took them outside the gates of the garden so that they would not eat of the tree of life and live. And there we are. Our inheritance now eat and pray. But so did our Lord and our Lady of this inheritance. Our Lord's life was very fruitful and his death was super abundant for us. And through his death on the cross, he poured forth the life-giving grace of the church. Church is our salvation. And we are reborn again anew, overtaking the ancient church in the holy sacrament of baptism to live and given the priestly gifts for the token charity to worship God. And how do we worship God? especially by the gifts of the Holy Eucharist. Where again, the glorified Lord comes, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and Jesus, with his life-giving energy, in the Eastern Church, God had two energies. One was the creative energy, which he made everything with, and the second one was the deifying energy, which transformed us and make us children of God, children of Adam and Eve, children of the promise, children of life. So, you know, a day like this, we never know how we're going to wind up, do we? Joseph, all I can do is thank uh, Joseph all the time. Joseph has been very good to me personally. So my father and my uncle were raised in Yonkers, New York, and our church was on the another hill, but up above that was St. Joseph's Church. And both of them went to parochial school there. Of course, they were in trouble because they were little crab kids. And the Irish kids would beat them up all the time. Had nothing to do with their nationality or their origin. It had to do with our competition for work. I asked my grandfather, how did you get your first job when you came to America? 
You said that I went to a big yard where they were hiring people and I stood tall and he, the guy said, you were in your and I was one of you. And he went to be a laborer in a carpet factory. And then eventually, that was actually his second job, but then actually, he weaved the carpet for Queen Elizabeth with cornmeal and all. Interesting. Life is a teacher. Now, in my own personal life, I was raised mostly in the Midwest, but when I got to education, my family sent me to the East, to New York, to get a sort of higher grade education. Very nice school, but they figured the key to success in America is education. Of course, my mother was behind that too, because she was an American beauty. She wanted to make sure I was educated properly. It's a blessing, but sometimes it's a difficult, hard sometimes to adjust given a very high education, but it's still worth it. So I got, graduated college, Michigan State University, it was wonderful, loved every minute of it. I don't want to talk about myself too much, but I'm talking about Joseph. And I went to communion every day, having been my custom since I was a little boy. Because, you know, where we lived, there was a church and a priest and a dearly little Jews that we could get to communion every day. I learned from my father, when he was working, he left the office at noon and went to walk the church to receive communion. Very interesting. Anyway, University. I knew since I was about eight years old that I wanted to be a priest, but uh, when you go through puberty, you know, you don't know what the heck you are, some kind of monster. And you have to get through that. And you have to pray for your boys. And your daddy has to guide them. He has to teach them to pray. Because it's true, just in God. Fishing at Michigan State University, my father came to get me, and he said, you've got your Bachelor of Science, I'm going to put you in dental school. He says, you are. He said, you're a doctor, you don't have to dig ditches, you don't have to work hard. I said, Dad, I don't want to that I'd gone to confession to Father Zippo, an old German, not too old, he's a Roman, he was pretty educated, a pretty gruff priest, you know, but I liked him. And I went to confession to him and I, I said, Father, I think I'm going to have to become a priest. He said, what do you mean you're going to have to become a priest? He said, God came and 
attention to you just the rest of the earth, he should better be concentrating on you. I thought he would. He was right, you know, but I was so happy. I was overjoyed. I was affirmed. And then Daddy took me out. He said, Daddy, I'm going to be a policeman. I know if I'm going to be a policeman. God knows. So where did I go to study first? And then first I went to Boston. I love that because I studied Greek and Latin. Because in the old days, you know, priests got a very good education, seven years. Now you can be from a college graduate, you can be a priest in four years. Education's not what it was. So anyway, I went to St. Joseph's Seminary. My buddy. So anyway, so why did you go there? Well, it was a very nice seminary. It was the uh, West Point of Seminaries run by the Archdiocese of New York. And I was one of those Greek Catholics, you know. But the Greek Catholic seminary did not give a degree. I wanted a piece of paper to show that I got went to a seminary. So I went there. And after four years in the parish, which was wonderful, I went in the military to serve my country. Like these men were praying for today and women, but I didn't have to die. I was on a priest's retreat. Uh, it was a safe. I was giving a retreat. And a young man, a man came in, and he was a married priest. And he asked, he told me he was going to go in the military. I said, do you have the bishop's permission? He says, I do. He says, I only have two things to tell you about it. You could die, that's not likely, but they'll protect you. And second, it's very difficult for the family life. It's hard to raise children in the military because daddy's never there. So we should pray for the men that serve in the military, especially priests. And some priests, you know, they have to look at some ways to put, you know, make surplus for their family to make a living because the Catholic Church tells its priests you must live a life of poverty. It don't matter if you're married or you're single, you get the same salary. In some parishes, they're better about being generous to the priests than others. Well, I've never suffered. I've always done well. But St. Joseph's watching over me. Now, when you get married, you're married men, you're supposed to dedicate your first very day and night, not for fun and games, but for St. Joseph. So Millamina, who painted the Pentecostal and the Communion of Apostles on the altar, it's her last work. After that, she had a stroke, but it's here. And uh, she got married. She spent her, she was from the uh, Czech Republic. She had a scholarship, and she took a scholarship, and she married Albert. 
And she's complained to me about Albert all the time. And she was painting uh, St. John Chrysostom in Seattle. She was always talking to me about Albert. I said to her, well, if he's such a bad guy, and he was not a bad guy. He was quite a gentleman, a European gentleman. I said, why did you marry him? She said, oh, I didn't say I didn't love him. greatest spouse that ever lived. Now let's talk about Joseph's itinerary there. I have my own quirks, you know. And as Mary has ascended in her itinerary, he's ascending. Now why do I think that? Because there are no first class relics of St. Joseph unless we can get some of his hair somewhere. There are no bones. Where did they go? It was not like the old Byzantine Empire to not collect every bone around the, you know, the whole Christendom. That was their notion. Eastern Church is very much dedicated to the relics of the saints. If there were relics of St. Joseph, I'm sure that emperor would have got a hold of them. But he has not. He didn't get such relics. So maybe there's there somewhere. So they asked me uh, where I got the relics for both of those relics. Because I read letters in the newspaper, even in one of our newspapers, that there were no relics of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So she was taking that body and sold it to heaven, which is true. But she had hair. So I searched, and I found it on the, that terrible instrument of, of destruction, the computer. And it cost a few pennies, I'll tell you. And I told the fellow, I says, I want the relics, but you, I'll pay for the reliquarium. One of those legalistic Catholics, you know. So that's how we got the relics, and they're here in this in this monastery, along with many other saints. It's our notion, Eastern spirituality, that we live with the saints. It's our notion. All the saints in the West, they put them in heaven. That's nice, but they also walked the earth and did good. On this day, we celebrate Memorial Day. I think of all the men. And the majority of the men I've known have had problems, but they've all been good men. And they all love their children. And we live in a society that does not take care of the family too well. Once you're married, gentlemen, belong to your family. The ladies change as they go through life. You have to adjust to that. I saw a couple, I told this before, in my parish in Yonkers, and they were way, way up in years. 
and she had lost her hearing. And so I offered to come down from the home table with the Blessed Sacrament to them to give them communion. No. <laughs> she says, no, Father. I can hold her up and we'll do that together. There's no marriage if, mother, if husband and wife do not go to communion together. And to do that, you have to be in a state of grace. Challenge. In fact, everything we do should be in a state of grace. I never liked the Western teaching too much about the miracle and grace. The miracle and grace between a man and woman is a sacramental act. And God is there. You cooperate with God. And he gives a dutiful soul for that child, which you're in care of. And I was at a conference in Olympia. There was a nurse there. She's a nun now at our, our convent in Olympia. Nice, nice, beautiful lady. And uh, we were all talking about things that monks talk about, which are not really interesting. But anyway, she reminded us, and we talked about, I don't know how we got on it, but she says, you know, no doctor, no specialist can tell you where the first breath comes from when a child is born. But I think, she says, and I agree with her, your breath is given to you by God, and you begin to breathe. You're going to breathe for all eternity. Beautiful. So Joseph breathed and prayed for all eternity. He's your model gentleman. In purity, holiness, and faith. When he went down to Egypt, did he have a job? No. When he went down there, of course, the whole family went. It wasn't just him. It was all the cousins and everybody. That's the way they traveled. And <laughs> she had the beautiful death, Our Lady and Our Lord being there. has left us, gentlemen, a great legacy to truly be people of God, ministers. In the Atlanta Columbus magazine some months ago, the, the um, bishop, which I administered in now, wrote an article about manhood. And think the best of them are filled with God. I think that many of the men I met in the military they don't die, you know, for nothing. 
I'll tell you one occasion that I was uh, I was 21 years in the military, either active duty or reserve active duty, and I went to uh, I heard the phone ring in the morning. I heard there'd been a shooting at Fairchild, right here in our backyard, and uh, so I thought to myself. How is this going to affect my life? One call, one phone call can change your whole life. So I finished shaving up. I didn't have a beard in those days. I had a little mustache. Now I have to have a beard, kind of a nasty. I was lame not to have a beard. Vanity. I. Uh, Went into church to celebrate divine liturgy, and I came in to have my breakfast. And the phone was ringing, and I picked up the phone. And what what did I get? It was from the command uh, at Fairchild Air Force Base. They said, um, "You're to report immediately to Fairchild." So I had a question for them. I said, "Well, do I have to call the command in Denver?" No, we'll put you on the board in Denver. Well, how am I going to get a ticket? I said, you go to the ticket office there, and your ticket's waiting. Well, what do I travel? He said, you want to travel in a Class A uniform. You have to throw all the stuff out. Fancy hat. I said, well, uh, don't you want me to drive? No, we don't want you to drive. When you arrive at the airport uh, in Spokane, there'll be a military. Uh, car that bring you to the base. So I put my stuff on. We always had a little bag there with whatever we needed so we could go quick. And I went. Forty people had been shot. It was not good. Very bad. And we didn't have enough chaplains. We had I was the only priest. We had two or three other Protestant chaplains. There was a lot of work to do. While I was there, a little boy was watching his dad do touch and goes on the runway, which are really not beyond much. You shouldn't do that. Uh, dad, his dad attacked up the plane. He watched his dad die. So I thought, oh, it's a fog. You go down and find that boy. I went down and find him. I was taken to the commander, and his mother would be there. I think not most military people are shot or killed in combat. They just shot and died doing their duty. But they're all heroes. Because they're willing to take that oath to the president, the commander-in-chief. And by the way, it's very discouraging when you work for someone who is not the, is a commander-in-chief, has no military experience. Don't do that. And I'm not a politician. But you should know what he's doing with these men when he sends them to their death. Air Force, you know, in the airplanes, we, they never see who they die. They bomb first. They never see who they kill.
prison and they went to a military hospital. Anyway, I believe in my country and we should all do our part. Quite dangerous. So today, we pray for those men, those priests, those dads, those husbands, those women who died for your freedoms, supposedly. Today, our freedoms are under attack. Be brave. Don't let anything happen. Don't let the leftists take over the country. There's two or three things that you have to love in your life. You should love God and your parents. And you should love the soil that gave you birth. You should love your heritage, wherever you came from. All these things make you a person. And you should be a person who lives to serve, not a selfish person, to give for your country and your church and your family. I go once a year for a physical to the doctor. He's a very nice fellow. He told us, all the monks go there, I have them all go there. He told us this, he says, you know, there's only a couple of things a doctor can do. He can give you pills and he can cut. That's about all he can do. The reason is only God gives you life. Whether he's a success or not, it's dependent upon God's will. Everything you do in your life must be done with love of God and your dedication to life and preserving our holy Catholic Church. Then you have the path for your journey to heaven. And no matter what you do, you're going to have to make the journey. And hopefully, you won't be frightened. But you'll be love-filled and have confidence in your God. Because it said in the Gospel today, those that love the Father and the Son already possess eternal life. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.